services are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, uh, this week in racing has been anything but regular. And uh, I've got two guests coming on that uh, will discuss the, the many goings on in the racing world. And it has nothing to do with race doping. Uh, probably uh, 27 of the happiest guys in the world that uh, uh, are affected by the coronavirus are happy that it's in the headlines and they're not for uh, the race doping scandal that we talked about last week. Well, uh, this week, uh, like I said, I've, I've got two guys. Uh, they're both from the Blood Horse publication. Uh, the, the first is, is uh, Evan Hammonds. He's the editorial director of the Blood Horse. Uh, his What's Going On Here is like the first column you see in every edition. And, uh, you know, he's Great writer, very insightful, and we're going to be talking about the ripple effect going through the racing industry with the elimination of the Keeneland Spring Meet and, drumroll please, the rescheduling of the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks. We've had Evan on before, very sharp guy, and I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, his uh, insights into what's waiting down the road. A lot of options, and uh, looks like uh, the powers to be at Churchill Downs are keeping uh, some of their plans close to their vest, if they even know what they are, quite frankly. Uh, and then our second guest, he was on, oh, I think it was back in September with us, and he crushed the card. His name is Frank Anks. Now, you might know him for a couple things. He's an Eclipse Award-winning writer. Uh, he's the feature editor of, of the Blood Horse, so uh, he'll be very uh, tuned into what is going on with everything right now. Uh, and while we've seeing racing going to the sidelines in a lot of places in the U.S. One place where it's not is way down yonder in New Orleans. And I am glad because this is the um, the inaugural uh, 140, 20, and 10 Derby and Oaks prep races. So the first one, the Twinspires.com Louisiana Derby, a million dollars on the line. And uh, it's a pretty wide open race, as you would expect. Of course, Steve Asmussen down at the fairgrounds is always loaded. And uh, Mark Cassie's not having a bad meet himself. So uh, Asmussen's represented by Silver State. Uh, and Forcible, the tepid favorite. How about that? You're going to get some odds in here, folks. Seven to two on Enforceable, a uh, well-bred son of Tappet out of just Whistling Dixie, uh, who's just coming off a second-place finish in the faster division of the Risen Star. Now, when you look at your past performances, you'll see a lot of horses coming out of the Risen Star. You may recall so many horses wanted to get into that race that they had to split it. And Enforceable finished behind Mr. Monomy, <clears throat> who's sad to say, as we told you last week, is on the sidelines. And uh, 
who knows now, depending on when they run the Kentucky Derby, Mr. Monomy might be, might be back in the hunt. But uh, like I said, enforceable, the slight favorite. Uh, then you've got the, uh, the Wells Bayou who loves to go to the front and try to stay there. And I got a long shot I'm not going to mention in this segment of the show. I'll see what Frank thinks about it. And then, of course, we've got the Fairgrounds Oaks, major prep for the Kentucky Oaks. And I don't think there's any doubt about it. The uh, horse to beat in here by far is Finite, who's going for her sixth win in a row. Steve Asmussen trainee. Then we got the New Orleans Classic, a grade two worth $400,000. And a race named after two great guys in the game, no longer with us, Mervin and Ramon Munez Memorial Classic. What a huge field in there. So let's see if Frank Anks can't reach down and pull out some long shots like he did the last time he was on the show. All right, folks. <coughs> Coronavirus. You can't turn on a TV or a radio without hearing about it. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of sick. Uh, but, uh, you know, well, I mean, we need the information, but come on folks, uh, you, over and over and over again, the same thing, but anyhow, the, the, they weren't sure they waited and waited as long as they could, but the grade one Kentucky Derby has been rescheduled now to Labor Day weekend, September 5th. And the Oaks will be run the day before on the 4th. And of course it will be run at Churchill Downs. They're waiting for improvement from uh, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. So this will be uh, really, really interested. And uh, we're not sure what the whole shakeup is going to be uh, with the, uh, the Triple Crown. Uh, you'll hear here in a minute. So, uh, we've got to make a determination to line up the Belmont stakes. Certainly you're not going to run a mile and a half before you run a mile and a quarter. So I don't know if they would change the distance, change the date. Again, these are questions that we will bounce off, uh, Evan Hammonds when he comes out with us, but what a shakeup historically. So, uh, Right now, they're saying that the Arkansas Derby date is what's called a moving target uh, because of the moving of some of these other horses. It's currently scheduled for April 11th, but they raced through May 2nd, uh, the original date of the Kentucky Derbies. So uh, we'll find out if they want to, if the Arkansas Derby wants to take up that coveted spot uh, first weekend in May. So uh, while Churchill's going to wait, Charles Sella, the owner, says, well, as I said at the headline, it's a moving target and they're they're looking at it. And, um, you know, what it is a Kentucky Derby prep with 140, 20 and 10 basis. But uh, they got three year olds. you know, do, is it best for you to move them along quickly to April 11th, which was a prep for the Derby? And now, heck, the Travers might be the prep for the Derby. Um, so uh, they are seriously considering uh, moving the Arkansas Derby to May 2nd. So it, it's just unbelievable. Early in the week, so just the dominoes. I mean, uh, racetracks around the world, including Keeneland, they're going to be shutting their doors. Uh, now, Right now, it looks like Naira, until 
a few hours ago, because I understand now they're going to close Aqueduct, uh, Oak Lawn and Gulfstream and the fairgrounds are going to continue racing. I believe Mahoning Valley is is racing too. So uh, really the decision of Niver to stay open was quite a surprise because uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo <clears throat> announced the ban of gathering of 50 people or more. Certainly there would be more uh, there. So uh, I don't have the full story. It just came out before I went on the air, but it does look like uh, they are going to cancel the uh, the aqueduct meet. And this is going to be so tough on so many families, all the people on the backstretch and all these horses just can't go and get turned out to a farm. I mean, you know, where's everybody going to go? Uh, unless they're going to split the Arkansas Derby. and But the whole thing is, is what about the day-to-day horse and the day-to-day jobs for the people taking care of these horses? You can't just stop training a thoroughbred when he's already geared up. Uh, this is just unbelievable. I mean, let's face it, the pandemic is more important. But uh, so far, uh, I haven't heard many stories about people uh, coming out uh at racetracks, it is kind of an airy place. Uh, there's not many jobs where you're within six feet of another person. Uh, most grooms are assigned X number of horses and they go through their routine. Um, so uh, I know that already Churchill uh, has uh, closed its uh, Derby City and uh, s- suspended operations over there. <clears throat> now we're looking forward to seeing the, the Sunland Derby, Sunland Park in New Mexico has shuttered indefinitely due to the pandemic. So the the grade three Sunland Derby, which offered qualifying points for the Derby, was going to be run on Sunday, will not be run. So um, that one's off. And now here we go with the Preakness Stakes. Uh, the Maryland governor ordered the state's racetracks and casinos and simulcast facilities to uh close to the public so there's just so much up in the air that we don't know about and the list goes on alice park is closed now they're not running but you can't go in and bet off track there the only good news coming out of this folks get tied on there is some good news horse racing is going to be on national tv all weekend long on nbcsn fox sports one america's date the races that's produced by naira will start at 1 30 on fox sports two and then shifting over to fox sports one at three and then uh going to go at least till 6 30 and so we're, you're going to see a lot more and it was announced that nbc sports is going to simul cast tvg's trackside live from four o'clock to eight o'clock on saturday and sunday so folks i guess this is the lemonade we're making out of this big lemon that's been given us is you're going to get a chance uh, to see a lot of racing on tv this weekend of course that will include the big races i named uh, uh down at at the fairgrounds uh let's take a look at the races we covered last week with uh my friend Rich Ng, out at Oak Lawn Park. Wow, Baffert might like the fact that the Derby's not being run. This would give him more chance to separate his big horses. Nadal, who's now three for three in his career, $700,000 blame Colt. He decided to take the blinkers off at four to five along the rail with Joel Rosario. Gets the job done over 82 to one shot, trained by Steve Asmussen, accession, and then basin. The 9-2 pick, another Asmussen trainee, came in 
the third spot. And then the Azari. It wasn't a big field, but it was loaded with quality street band. My Lady Curlin, Lady Apple, Saragenti Empress. Uh, and so the gates open and all Emma, uh, kind of like our Preakness last year, threw uh, Richie Aramia at the start on the grounds. He didn't move for a while, but he did get off and uh, leave on his own accord. But the winner in here from Flagfall to that's all last year's Kentucky Oaks winner, Serengeti Empress. Wire to wire her first time in the slop and first time with Joe Talamo in the irons and just one eased by six lengths to control. So glad to see her back for Tom Amos and uh, uh, Joe Politi, a great doctor from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, finishing second was my lady Curlin and in the third spot was Sarah Kosa. Then we went down to Turfway Park. The horses were running, but the tent was empty and the fans weren't there. It was kind of a raw day out there. And the winner getting up by a neck. I read Ortiz in the saddle. Wins with field pass, a Mike Maker trainee. Mike has now won six spiral stakes, ruby stakes, call it what you want. Field pass gets up by three quarters of a length, not even, up by a neck uh, over uh, Invader, uh, a Wesley Ward trainee uh, that was uh, very much considered the perhaps a favorite. And in the third spot, trying to go wire to wire for Mike Maker was Fancy Liquor, making only his second lifetime start. He'll be one to watch. Remember that Fancy Liquor, but Field Pass takes the Jeff Ruby. And then the uh, accompanying big race at Turfway was the Bourbon at Oaks. And the winner in here, Bit of a surprise. Written by Irene Ortiz, Queen of God pays 1560 How many horses he rides pay that. Mike Maker just keeps winning them. Obviously, he's going to just grab the trainer's title uh, down there. And uh, in, the, uh, in the second spot was Pass the Plate, a horse that Rich Ng liked. And in the uh, third position was impeccable style. So that's a look at the national news, a preview of our guests and the races we handicapped last week. Going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to be with Evan Hammonds from the Blood Horse. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and a gentleman I respect very much in the business. I read a bit of his uh, his bio at the at the top of the show and kind of told you our subject matter. Uh, but all I can say is I just love the when I talked to him to get his bio. Perhaps one of the first times we thought this guy had a great grandmother because when he was growing up in Lexington. He learned huh. the basics of handicapping from his grandmother who took him to Keeneland. That's one heck of a grandmother, Evan. <laughs> well, she was, uh, as every most people have a, uh, you know, one grandparent that's uh, one of a kind. And she was, uh, she was, she was that. She was at Keeneland uh, every day for the fall and spring meet. And when you're a young kid uh, on spring break and your, your parents have to work, you got pawned off on your grandma. So she... Uh, Sat me down one day and said, "If you're gonna if you're gonna come out here, you got to learn how to uh, read this." So, popped That's open great. the daily racing form, showed me how to do the PPs, and uh, throughout elementary school, I was pretty, very good with my fractions in math. There you go, yeah, especially the fifths, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, we we, uh, we live in very strange times. Uh, I'm not sure how things are working at the Blood Horse, but I mean, I, first of all, I work in an office by myself, so I am, you know, okay. socially independent. And then I go home <laughs> and I have an office at home, but I've always done that. So I, I you know, yeah. on, I, every Sunday I would go out to a bar with a couple of buddies and watch some football or wherever sports were on. But that was it, you know, outside of a, a one of the many great University of Dayton basketball games. I wasn't around a mm-hmm, lot of mm-hmm. crowds this year. <laughs> so uh, you know, personally, I don't have to worry about it that much. But I, I think we're being very, very cautious. Uh, and I hope uh, it's for the reasons that we're putting the brakes on this thing sooner than later. But you've got to admit, it's, we had a historic thing happen that is going to shake the racing schedule for 2020. And that is the Kentucky Derby being rescheduled take it away evan i want your read on it and i want want you want you to touch on not only the the fact that the date that they settled on but how this is going to potentially and we don't know i know that but i just want to get your read on it the triple crown this year yeah and it's uh again whatever we're talking about today it, it could be a moot point tomorrow or next week and uh actually wrote a piece for Bloodhorse.com that went on the website earlier today and 
maybe maybe I wasn't really in the right frame of mind. Maybe I'd gone a little uh, to a dark mood, but I'm, I'm not so sure the uh, September 5th Derby is, uh, is is all that firm a date either. But we but again we don't know. So I'm going to take it one day at a time. They they announced it's going to be the fifth, which makes sense by everything we know at this point. Uh, and it, it, it totally flips the dynamic. You've got a lot of prep races. You mentioned earlier about you know, the Louisiana Derby on TV this week, and uh, uh, you know horses are going to play it that way. But you have horses that are you know gearing up that are that are you know going to peak here in a couple of weeks, and then you also have horses that uh, may need some time. And you know we've seen horses in the past that weren't quite ready for the Derby. Well, now they might be ready for a Derby September fifth. Um, it, it's, uh, this, the, all, all we do know about the stake schedule is it's going to change. Now, when, when is the Preakness going to be? We don't know. When is the Belmont going to be? We don't know. Um, we, I, again, uh, <laughs> we just have to wait and, uh, see how the schedules come out. I know Naira has come out with a stake schedule, but I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put any, uh, ink to it per se. Um, it's just uh, very strange, and, and we're lucky we're talking about a sport that can <clears throat> that can adapt and can change the schedule and actually still be racing now, whereas other sports, you know, such as our beloved Kentucky or Dayton basketball teams, are uh, done for the year. And, and baseball, when is that going to start? Who knows? Will the season be 162 games? Who knows? No. Let's just hope there is a season. Now, you, you know, <laughs> that's not I, true. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to. It would have been, you know, in a perfect world, it would have been nice if the powers to be uh, from Churchill, Pimlico, and Belmont had, you know, a huge conference and said, all right, guys, how can we work this yeah. out for the betterment of racing? Is anybody here willing to move a little different? Uh, is anybody here willing to maybe change the distance? Um, how would you suggest we go mm. about giving your tracks additional points races closer to the Derby. Again, in an ideal world, that would have been it. But it seems to me it's like, well, we've decided we're going to do this with the biggest racing, perhaps biggest race perhaps in the world. Now tell us how you guys are going to adjust. Yeah. And that's uh, really unfortunate. And again, it goes back to the uh, argument we've had for, for years and decades now about no central leadership of the sport. Uh, you know, players test positive uh, for for COVID nineteen in the NBA. They shut the whole league down. Uh, same for baseball. You know, as far as canceling, whereas racing, it's kind of every man for themselves and every state for themselves. So you wind up, you know, getting different rules and shutdowns in Kentucky and different rules and shutdowns in New York. I see they uh, canceled today. You know they've uh, they've shut down because they had a groom test positive. But uh, less than a week ago on Saturday, I was at Turfway uh, again, part of the select media. There weren't more than a handful of of people there, but it uh, uh, you know racing was conducted. We're we're hopeful racing will be conducted uh, this weekend. So again, it's on a state by state level. It would have been great if everybody could have sat down, had a kumbaya moment, and come up with a schedule. But it's it's it's. It's very fluid, but it would have been it would have been nice if they came out and said, "Okay, the Preakness is or the Derby's this day, the Preakness is this day, and the Belmont is this day." Because if you do the traditional schedule after September fifth, it doesn't add up to the Breeders' Cup, nor would uh, you expect a, a horse 
regardless of running later in the year to run, you know, four races in the span of two months, essentially from, from the Derby <clears throat> through a, you know, a triple crown that followed its regular schedule and then the Breeders' Cup. So, uh, <laughs> again, as I've told everybody at work, everything I told you yesterday is going to be wrong tomorrow. So we'll find out. You know, and again, you alluded to something that I wish would happen and sad to say because of uh, uh, egos and money, I don't think. But we, we would be great if we had a centralized racing team, you know, uh, somebody that coordinated post times. I, I mean, you've been there trying to watch a graded stakes race and out of the corner of your eye. You see another graded stakes race loading in the gate. You're like, come on, can't somebody call one another and say, hey, can, can take a few minutes here. You know, that would be something that a racing commissioner, for lack of a better word, uh, would be able to help with because it would help all racing. I'll, I'd get to watch my my, my, my uh, whatever bluegrass stakes and then 10 minutes later I get to watch the Wood Memorial. I'm just making names up now, but you know what I mean? Yeah, Instead no, of those right. people stepping on each other. And it will be interesting, I mean, to see, and I'm, they're probably in a room thinking about it right now themselves, is how they're going to come up. Because let's face it, there's going to be horses that are going to be ready for the first Saturday in May that may not even be racing September 5th. Correct, correct. And, and as I said, the, the announcement came out today uh, about New York. So, uh, I wouldn't get, you know, like as Keeneland has canceled their home meet, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wood Memorial, uh, doesn't run. Um, that leaves, you know, the Florida Derby, you know, in a, in a, just in a, in a vacuum, it leaves the Louisiana Derby, uh, this weekend leaves the Florida Derby next weekend. And then the, the Arkansas Derby down the road and Santa Anita Derby, I guess, but, uh, yeah, but and and then there's really you know in the main part of the summer there's a pretty it's pretty light on three year old races so uh, tracks may have to come up and create some races some you know prep type overnight stakes type things to uh, prep horses but uh, it, it's it's all going to be done on the fly my man all on the fly. Another conundrum would be that you you wouldn't want to race a horse a mile and a half and come back in a couple of weeks and race them at a mile and a quarter. <laughs> Or a mile and an eighth in the Haskell. I mean, who knows? Right, right. That'd be a great points yeah. race right there. And then, of course, you've got the Travers and, uh, you know, the Jim Dandy and uh, th those races at Saratoga. Are, are they supposed to adjust where they pull the races back another week to give it more time to rest for the Kentucky Derby? Who, who knows? I mean, we, I guess we're going to sit here and ask each other questions all night that we don't have the answers to. But these are some. The other thing is, what about the guys that paid all this um, extra money to nominate to the Kentucky Derby or the Triple Crown? Well, yeah. Or what, or what about me who put a few bucks in the future pool? So. Well, yeah, I was kind of counting. I was kind of counting on uh, Derby Day, uh, May second. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, handicapping for September fifth, but that's another <clears throat> another issue. But yeah, you're right, and, and you know, uh, you're talking money and ego, and uh, it's uh, everybody's going to have to <clears throat> hopefully get together and play nice here in a couple of weeks. Well, I, but I, but I think they will. I mean, I mean, I think they will for the betterment of. The, the country from, you know, from your local city to your county to the state, I mean, every, uh, for the most part, 95% of the people are all trying to do the right thing and, 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 you know, take care of what we need to do for the, for the, uh, for, and come out better and stronger on the other side. That's all we can hope for. 
Well, I see two entities that can look at this from a favorable position. One of them is Oaklawn Park, where they now could become for lack of a better word, the Kentucky Derby, because they close on May 2nd, and they're talking about move, moving the Arkansas Derby to May 2nd. And the other person that might be taking a sigh of relief would be Bob Baffert, who's got so many damn developing <laughs> three-year-olds, he would have had a third of the field. Now he can kind of figure well, yeah. out, okay, you know, which horse is suited better for this distance? Uh, you know, which horse might not be around in September? I mean, and, and who knows what Baffert's got in the barn that we haven't seen yet? Well, we just saw Charlatan last weekend. Everybody thought he was uh, the best yeah. three-year-old people have seen in a while. But they were like, oh, there's no way he can be ready by May 2nd. Well, you know what? I know he can be ready by September 5th. So, or, right, you know, could right. be, or could be ready for the, yeah, you're right, could be ready for the Arkansas Derby if they move it three weeks to May 2nd. And that's and, why and the money they have, the money they have, they could make it a, you know, a, it's already a million dollar race. They could make it bigger. And, and you know, they also, obviously, as we said at the beginning of this interview, is there's definitely got to be points given out because, you know, there's going to be all these horses that are should be eligible at the end of the next two week period. <clears throat> that now, <clears throat> you know. Like we we mentioned the Haskell, we mentioned the Travers, the Jim Dandy, you know, uh, and I'm sure there's a half a dozen others that, you know, would be worthy Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, derby points now that the whole thing's been moved. And now you might have a horse that has, you know, 40 points that gets bumped from the derby (laughs) because, you know, there's so many hundred point races now. I think, I think our man, poor uh, Darren uh, Rogers at Churchill Downs is, sitting in his office with uh, three calculators and an abacus trying to figure this out. I, I know. I, it would be very interesting <laughs> to be a fly on the wall and hear what's going on in the conference room <laughs> at Churchill Downs. But I, I sure take, uh, pray they take the high road and aren't just thinking of themselves because they're kind of like an Irish bar uh, at uh, St. Patrick's Day, except for this <laughs> yeah. year, you know, that they, they make all the, you know, I've got a buddy that owns an Irish pub, you know. And he yeah. used to, he used to make as much money in a two day span. It would carry him through the whole year. Yeah. You know? Well, I, well, I think uh, I think in the in the grand scheme of things, and again, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, but kind of going back to the old model and and going with graded stakes earnings or or some variation of that might help out might help out as far as you know a bridge from the traditional preps to you know whatever would happen over the summer. But again, I'm just. Uh, I'm just trying to come up with uh, some scenarios here. Yeah, the, I, I think you're going down the right road there. That <clears throat> instead of all of a sudden, you know, giving out, you know, uh, points races like Christmas candy, uh, that they might mm-hmm. just change the whole format and just say, you know, we're going to have our, our handicapper or a select group of handicappers and determined by mm-hmm. graded stakes earnings, uh, you know, not, not dismissing the points races that you gave out to some of the few two-year-old races um, mm-hmm. and uh, and to give them emphasis. Because the, the bottom line is this, you, me, and the fans of, of the world want to see the best 20 horses line up at Churchill Downs that day. Oh, sure. And, and who's to say uh, now, uh, September 5th, you know, they, they had the Japan road to the Derby and the Europe road to the Derby. Who's to say, uh, uh, you know, you might have a, a a European who might, 
you know, who really, they don't really train that much during the winter and don't really gear up until summer, uh, early fall. They, they, a European contingent might be really strong. Aiden O'Brien could send two or three horses over and with uh, legitimate shots. Exactly. Um, well, 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 Evan, you're not going to run out of things to write about. By, by the way, what's going on here uh, is one of my favorite columns. When I open up my blood horse and I have a subscription, um, it's usually about page three or four. And that, that, mm-hmm. that kind of like sets the table for the rest of the magazine on some days. And uh, it, it, it's a great uh, editorial uh, uh, column. Oh, so thank you. Uh, I, I've been so busy scrambling around today. I haven't had a chance to, to read what you wrote today, but I'll do that shortly after we are off the air. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to thank you for spending some time with us, even though we're in this twilight zone of a year for, for racing. But, you know, <clears throat> all I can say is that uh, Navarro and Service are the happiest guys in the world right now <laughs> that Churchill Downs canceled. Because <laughs> well, nobody's talking yeah, about the doping. It, it, yeah, it takes them off page two. But what, uh, yeah, what I was going to say was, uh, you know, people uh, like my brother, who's not really that involved in the sport, you know, checks him and he goes, oh, you know, there's no racing. You must be, uh, must be taken, uh, must not be busy. I'm like, you know, the fact that there's no racing, there's, there's more news than ever about, about racing. And that, that could be the same, that could be uh, said the same for all sports right now. So yeah, people, uh, journalists in the sports business have more, more, they're busier now than ever. Well, it, well, like I said, yeah, you, you, it, like, just like we found out a couple hours ago about New York, you know, you, yeah. you just don't know when the next one's going to pop up. Uh, and you know, the fact that, you know, one backstretch worker can impact the whole scenario is uh-huh. Uh-huh. in some ways it's kind of, I, I know our health is the most important, but really if you line this flu up against the regular flu, a thousand times more people have already died from in the United States. I, you know, I know it's very important that we monitor this, but I, I don't know if we're just pushing the panic button and ruining America's economy before we really got a grasp on the perspective of what this is and our great ability as Americans to come up with the solutions. Yeah, well, all these answers will be uh, readily apparent for us about a year from now. So who knows? As, as I said earlier, whatever whatever we think, whatever we say today is is not uh, not true a week from now. So you just gotta you just gotta you gotta be able to be nimble and and roll with it. Well, Evan uh, Hammonds, uh, I thank you very much, and I, I wish you luck in the days ahead. We'll stay in touch, okay? Well, have everybody hit bloodhorse.com because the latest is there, my man. Okay, thanks a lot. Evan Hammonds, the editorial director of The Blood Horse, and uh, shortly we're going to have one of his teammates coming up with us, uh, Eclipse Award-winning writer and uh, handicapper extraordinaire Frank Angst. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, as they say, the man is Frank Angst, uh, who uh, I believe it was back in September the last time I had John Frank, and you, you gave out some price horses, you gave out some exactas. You were killing it that day, and I, I like, well, let's see. Who knows how much more racing we got left i better get frank back on the yeah, show really. help me make so, some money so i can uh, you know buy some more toilet paper and water uh <laughs> i i still want to know why everybody's buying water you know and they're not going to turn your taps off if you get sick so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but uh anyhow frank how have you been uh, uh do, do you just uh, you know go go through the internet and figure out what stories popping up next uh what what's the last week or two been like for you i i think last week and i mean not counting a race week like a kentucky derby or breeders cup week but just in terms of industry news stories i can't recall a week that had more industry news starting on march 9th with the uh, indictments of trainers and vets and Total of 27 people in racing uh, followed in, in short order by various coronavirus plans, uh, initially starting without, with racing without spectators. And we've seen that grow into some complete uh, postponements and cancellations. So it's been a rough time for racing, but uh, I never want to sound like we're not aware of the bigger picture going on out there. Obviously, it's been a, a rough time for everybody. It has been, and, and, and like I, I closed out the, the interview with a guy you work with, Evan Hammonds, you know, I, I think we're just lucky to be in the country we're in. We've got some amazing scientists out there, and, and it looks like uh, the, the government's willing to th- 
kind of let business take over <laughs> instead of going through the government red tape and let these successful businesses, uh, you know, help us along through this crisis. And uh, I'm hoping it's over sooner than later. You know, meanwhile, I'm just staying isolated as I always was anyhow, unless I was at a racetrack. Um, but uh, did, did you, by any chance, did you go up to the uh, Turfway Park last week? I didn't. Uh, it had already been a long week, and because uh, I had planned to go, uh, but then Evan went ahead and, and covered the uh, Jeff Ruby stakes. Frank, uh, I, uh, I I don't know if you cut out on me or not, but the, the main reason I asked oh. was to. Oh, to yeah, to, sorry. I I was just saying it had already been a long news week for me, so. Um, I was going to cover that race, but then Evan took that on, so that worked out. But I, I well, did not get up there for the Jeff Ruby. And and the reason I asked you that question was I I, I just wanted to wonder what the experience is like uh, being at a uh, at at a track when nobody's there. Yeah, I mean it's just from what Evan said is he said there was surprisingly a few more people there and things going on just just for people that had to be there but uh obviously a completely different experience i mean from the many years of the spiral the various names of the spiral stakes has had over the years it, it was always that you could i mean like any track on a big day you could feel the anticipation build the entire day and the loudest roar would be at the uh the start of the race uh, followed by a loud roar at the end of the race so it's that kind of uh, excitement that racing definitely thrives on so to take that away i mean it's difficult but but that said uh, we're one of the few sports that is well positioned to go without crowds on the track because uh in terms of betting most most of our handle a vast majority of our handle is done off the track and and we have some nice adw sites uh that allow people to continue uh to wager so as long as the track can do that in a safe manner, I, I think it's it's worth doing that. Obviously, um, you uh, obviously uh, pe- people have to be there to take care of the horses anyway. So once you have that protocol in place, I think it's not too much more of an ask to carry that protocol over to racing. But 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 things are shifting daily. Things are shifting by the hour. I, I sent a text to a friend today about. Uh, the unfortunate news that Sean Payton has uh, COVID-19, and he was like, I heard that hours ago. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of the standard. <laughs> it's yeah. just, the, the stuff is updated by the hour, and, and I just think we have a lot of good uh, people in racing that, that understand when they can do things in a safe manner and, and when it gets to be too much, uh, they'll shut it down if it comes to that. What do you think about the option that Oaklawn Park has to move the Arkansas Derby to Derby Day? Oh well, well, I mean that's. I think we're going to see a lot of creative scheduling. Um, I just, I'm just taking it all as a grain of salt because, I mean, you, you can put plans out there right now, but I, I don't know until I just haven't heard any good answers on how this all comes to an end. Does it end when we have zero cases for a day, zero cases for a week? I, 
I, I just have no, and I just am so far from being an expert on what's going on in terms of this virus that I, I don't have a good answer for you, John. But I mean, it makes sense to to race that day. It's a it's a great Saturday. Uh, so if somebody wants to take that date, I, I certainly get it. Yeah, because you know, at this time of the year. Uh, let's just throw out the name of Bob Baffert. You've got guys that are playing catch up and they probably would have liked another week or two before the Arkansas Derby. And now they may get several and, and who knows, they could boost the purse. Uh, you know, I, to this point, I don't know that Churchill's pulling or have reset Derby points, which they'll have to do at some point. I would think that, uh, I, I would think they'll, well, I mean, I just, I don't like spec. Uh, I'm just completely guessing. This this is no. I haven't talked with anybody, but I mean, I would think the points in place, and then then they add some more races or races that are already races already on the schedule. They they go ahead and make points races. I, I, that would be my guess. But I just I mean, even the September fifth, I I think is I, I'm hopeful. Uh, seems to be a lot of I mean baseball. But you know, it, it seems to be a lot of sports think that they'll be able to go by then. But but even that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that 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 happens. Well, luckily, it's a it's a light football week, so national television is available uh, to broadcast it. So I don't even know if that was one of the reasons why they settled in on that date. Certainly, it's extremely important uh, for for the, the Derby um, and whether or not. Uh, Naira will want to or be forced to maybe tweak some of their schedule to move their three-year-old races away from the scheduled derby to make it so, let's say, horses from the Travers could run in the Travers and then run in the derby. And we haven't even approached uh, more questions that I talked about uh, uh, with Evan was, uh, what about the distance? Are you going to run a mile and a half Belmont before you're going to run a mile and a quarter derby? I mean, I I just think the race schedule for this year is just going to be a lot different. I mean, if that's how it falls, I'm good with it for one year. I mean, it's horse racing. It's not uh, it's not life and death. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, the Travers. I, I mean, maybe they just keep the Travers where it is. I mean, the Derby. I mean, maybe you know. I just I don't like throwing things out there. Really, is what it comes down to. So it's just the. A lot of unknowns, and hope maybe maybe people can sit down and come up with a schedule that works, or maybe they just run with what's in place and uh, the horses go where they go, and and it's a different year this year. But but again, that's it's just me talking. I mean, it's just really difficult right now. That there's just so many variables. Well, we're talking with Frank Anks from the Blood Horse. And, well, as long as we're talking about races that are in place that have derby points, let's move on way down yonder to New Orleans for the twin-inspired Louisiana uh, Derby. Um, I know a guy like you tends to come up with some price horses. This well could be the race where you do. Uh, You know, you want to talk about how wide open this race. It looks like the favorite 
is seven to two enforceable. Uh, now, again, I was telling people earlier, if you see a lot of horses from the Risen Starts, because there were two divisions, and enforceable ran behind Mr. Monomy, who might be ready now by September 5th, because uh, he was on the shelf. Um, but that was that was a, a, a quicker uh, division of that race. And he already won over the fairgrounds in the LeCompte, had to run second to Mr. Moynemi. But, you know, if you, if you like him at seven to two, you got to give a little look to Asmussen, who's having a great spring right now yeah. uh, with Silver Slate, who was only a half a length behind Enforceable. Uh, then you've got Modernist. Again, his time wasn't the best, but he won the other part of the Risen Star and and. and did it, uh, you know, in, in clear fashion. And uh, you got Wells Bayou. He's going to play catch me if you can, uh, who ran very well in the Southwest, getting a 96 buyer. And uh, I know a lot of people call me a chalk-eating weasel, but horse I'm going to play in here, at least with some savers, and in my exotics is going to be a horse by the name of Chestertown, a $2 million baby. Uh, trained by Asmussen, that looks like he's just starting to round into form. So with a third of the field mentioned, Frank Anks, tell us who you like in the million-dollar Louisiana Derby. I mean, you kind of mentioned it, that Wells Bayou go to the lead, and that's what I'm seeing too. And for a field this big and expected full field, I, I don't see a whole lot of early speed in here. Um, it's kind of a rare day that you pick a horse to go gate the wire at fairgrounds. I'm well aware of the long stretch there. Uh, but you do get Florent, who uh, is familiar with anyone, is anyone with that setup and what's how much uh, horse to hold in reserve for that long stretch. Um, I, I've been very impressed. As you mentioned, Steve asked me since three-year-olds this year, and the horse that has impressed me most of, of his bunch is Silver Prospector, who only beat this horse by length. Um, and then the, last Saturday in the Rebel, uh, you know, he he was right there, and then kind of I couldn't go in or out, and maybe the slop bothered him. Um, but I thought he ran a decent race there, although it didn't necessarily show up in the finish. But uh, I do that. That's a, just a long way of saying that uh, Wells Bayou, I, I think, was complimented by Silver Prospector. Um, so. Uh, I think uh, we'll pl- try to play the horse that has the running style that the most most of them don't have, and maybe go for a gate to wire, steal one on the front end here. Um, I certainly think Enforceable's a nice horse, and I have him highly rated in my NTRA poll. Um, Mark Cassie is War of Will came through this this same group of races last year, and although he threw his one clunker in this one, uh, Mark's has definitely uh, targeted this you know, the fairground circuit with his top horses and, and this one, uh, I mean, he figures to be right there. So I, I would say those two are the top two for me. Well, good, because I like them both too. And like I said, those other horses, and, and, and by the way, uh, right now, Wells Bayou, ladies and gentlemen, is eight to one. So you're looking at an $18 win ticket there. Uh, wouldn't be a surprise, but yeah, every horse you, you brought up is legitimate, but you, you know, it, it's going to be a big field. It's going to be an interesting race. Well, accompanying that race, we're not going to have to go too deep on. Uh, it's been very important in the Kentucky Oaks, and that is the Fairgrounds Oaks. Whether or not it'll be as important this year, because it's going to be a long ways away, but uh, 
the, uh, the, the fairgrounds Oaks. I mean, let's face it. Finite beat going for six, excuse me, six wins in a row has never been beaten at the fairgrounds is definitely the one to beat. And did we say ask Mewson yet? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, oddly enough, last year's, uh, Louisiana Derby produced the, the Kentucky Derby winner. A lot had to happen. I mean, in the Louisiana Derby, Country House was fourth, um, and then had to, he had to come back and run in the Arkansas Derby just to get in, and then, of course, he was placed first, so very odd spring last year. But also, the War of Will also was off the board in that race and uh, came back to win the Preakness, so that was definitely a key race. On the Philly side, you know, this circuit has produced a whole lot of Kentucky Oaks winners. It's been the main stepping stone in recent years. And, I I mean, I can't knock finite. This looks like the good times are going to keep rolling on Saturday. I mean, the horse just hasn't done a whole lot wrong. And uh, seems to, I mean, the, the one, the breeding, that was kind of like Munnings. Is, he, is she going to stretch out? But she sure looked good last time. So another, another step Saturday. uh I think it's going to happen again. Yeah, what what a, a year for Munnings, Frank. That this horse has yeah. had graded stakes horses from coast to coast, and he was kind of a you know a lot of people. He wasn't their their the first horse to mention, but yeah, finite uh, the, the the one to beat in there. Well, uh, we've got uh, interesting races in both the to the New Orleans Classic and a huge field in the uh, Munez Memorial. Uh, if you handicap one of those, pick one and let's work on it. Cause I only got three minutes left here, Frank. All right. So by my standards was the upset winner of last year's Louisiana Derby, which was a, which was a really deep field. As I mentioned, it had the two classic winners in there. It had Mr. Money who immediately after that race, uh, went on a four race graded stake win streak. It had Hog Creek Hustle, who would become a grade one winning sprinter. Uh, so it was quite a field. And finishing at the top of that field was the upset winner by my standards. Uh, he has since come back and won an allowance race as a prep for this at six to one morning line. I, I think this is a horse that can move forward in this race. We already know he loves the track. I already know he's beat a, a really a, a quality field, um, and I mean he he looks good here. I think coming in off a six length allowance win to prep, he did run in the Kentucky Derby last year and finished eleventh uh, or twelfth. However, you want to look at the DQ, um, but that then uh, you know he, he would had time off and then he came back with that allowance win, and uh, to me he looks like a horse that's ready to go. It's been working, you know, March 14th bullet work for top of 88 horses that, I mean, at six to one, I, I think that's, uh, that's the type of horse I like to bet. Absolutely. Well, did, did you have a standout in, in, in the, the Munez? Cause I, I don't, I think I'm going to have to leave that one to you, John. And it sounds like you didn't land on one yet either. <laughs> well, the horse I, I probably land on was, uh, you know, it, if you like synchrony, the favorite at three to one, you got to like factor this. 
who beat him last time out at the fairgrounds. And if you look at Brad Cox's stats as far as, you know, uh, 30 to 60 days, one last start, his turf horses, I mean, he just sticks out in this race as far as the, the trainer to beat. So I can take three to one or 10 to one. I'm going to take 10 to one. There you go. All right. Let's well, Frank Hanks. Well, thanks a lot. Stay in touch with me. Uh, let me know what's, what's, what's going on in your world. And, of course, uh, I wish you and uh, all the staff at the Blood Horse nothing but the best. Thanks, John. I really appreciate it, as always. All right. That was Frank Anks. Uh, earlier, we had Evan Hammonds. And we've got uh, just a little wrap-up time here. Don't forget, with all these wide-open, big fields this weekend, you want to go to Winning Ponies. Pull down your easy win forms. Had some nice winners, uh, you know, uh, closing out the Turfway meet uh, with, with a $3,100 uh, Super 5 box. Oak Lawn Park, just a few days ago, a 50-cent pick for the paid over 1900 and they're still racing down at Gulfstream, and we're still handicapping it. Had a $1,300 winner just a few days ago. So for Evan Hammonds and Frank Angst, I'm John Engelhart. I want to thank my producer, Josh By Gosh, and wish you nothing the best when you go to the races. Bet with your head, not over it, wash your hands, and stay six feet away from everybody. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.